0: Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. This year's Midwest Mechanical Weed Control Field Day, the nation's premier event for cultivation tools taking place on Wednesday, September 27th at the Ohio State University Farm in Worcester, Ohio.
1: The field day connects farmers, machinery manufacturers, and researchers for a single day event that draws farmers from all over the Midwest. It is the place to see weeding tools
0: of all scales for vegetables and row crops. From two-wheel walk-behind
1: tractors to camera-guided toolbars to autonomous laser weeders, Come for the trade show, education sessions, and field demonstrations. To register and
0: learn more, call 217-840-2128 or visit thelandconnection.org. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. This is a little bit of a different podcast. This is actually another continuation of the Farm on Central series, where we break down something on the farm that we're doing, whether it be marketing or products or crops and all of that sort of thing. Um, And I think the last one we did, Savannah, was on strawberries. That was last year.
2: Yeah, how we structured our you pick.
0: Mm-hmm, which was this year, very successful. Yes, it was. it was a crazy, actually this year is seven weeks long. So it went much longer, but we are not here to talk about strawberries. We are here to talk about sourdough. Yes, we are. Now let's give a little people a little bit of background around the farm here. You do a lot. Your focus is more on education. Okay.
2: <laughs> Making sure <laughs> I kind of like to think of myself, as the hub of a wheel and <laughs> a lot of things happen outside of me but I, yes
0: you keep track of a lot you keep the people moving when I'm like in a podcast you're like the bouncer to make sure or like in a meeting or something like that if
2: a ball gets dropped I feel like I can suddenly have to go you know yeah pick it up which yeah. is fine you
0: do csa deliveries you um interface with some of our vendors um
2: yeah I develop rent recipes i was making a lot of the things for a long long time yeah until
0: we were able to bring someone in for doing that right yeah and then obviously you keep our three kids
2: yeah i mean that's my main job
0: yeah and then homeschooling them as well yes so um and then food uh, for us (laughs) um so keep
2: track of your wallet usually
0: (laughs) well there's that too uh
2: I usually know where Michael's wallet is, even if he doesn't.
0: (laughs) So yes, yeah, I may ride the tractor, but I can't find my wallet. Um,
2: I can't back up a trailer, but I know where the wallet is. So, you know, we all have our strengths.
0: (laughs) All right, so sourdough, let's start diving into that. Obviously, we eat sourdough, but we've also integrated it into our business in multiple ways. So we are just teasing that because we'll get to that at the end. But I think the, the goal was to kind of really just talk about the why of sourdough and then a little bit of the how of sourdough and, uh, kind of like integrating it into our family and, uh, why we do what we do. So let's talk about that is, you know, I think the health benefits or why would one want to go for sourdough? Cause I think that's, you know, a huge one of like, people may think sourdough is a little bit harder to do. It can be more a little bit harder to make. So yeah. What you got?
2: What's the question? <laughs>
0: Why sourdough?
2: Oh, why sourdough? Well, I think the cool thing about sourdough is that, you know, it really had a moment in 2020 during the pandemic. You know, everybody Mm. started doing sourdough because you couldn't find commercial yeast in stores. And everyone was at home, so they had time to kind of fiddle-faddle around with it. Um, And it really had its moment, and it's continued, which is good.
0: So with that, you're saying, too, that there is a little bit of a process behind it? Because oh, with like yeah. a regular yeast bread, you pour the flour in, pour the yeast in, turn it on, you've got your your loaf and away you go. but
2: yeah, it's a few hours and you've got bread.
0: What is the length of a sourdough process if you, let's say you have your starter from starter to actually eating the bread, how long are we looking?
2: Uh, about two days, but you're you're not doing things the whole time that you're. I mean, it's not like you're doing something for two full days, you know, you're doing a little bit in the morning, you might do something in the evening, you might bake it the next morning. Like it's not constant hands on. It's just small pockets of time. As you're coming and going and going about your life, there's just little things you have to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And your way you do it is different. So we'll get to that, but what are some other benefits? I mean, I think the huge one is that it's doesn't have any, a lot of the preservatives that regular bread does.
2: Right. Absolutely. It's super basic. It's flour, water, salt, and your starter. It's really magical that you can take these really simple ingredients and you get bread and you can turn it into lots of other things too, which we can get to. But um, yeah, it's also lower glycemic index, especially if you're using like whole grains Um, so that's really helpful for people who are watching, um, just their sugar, which we all should be, uh, it's full of probiotics and prebiotics. And because it's soured or fermented, the phytic acids are lower. So, um, or it's more, it's broken down. So it's easier to digest. It's easier for your body to break down. And like for our family, we really don't eat gluten, but we discovered that if I soured our bread for, Mm-hmm. you know, 18 to 24 hours that we were all able to eat it really well. No one was having an issue.
0: Well, and yeah. it just tastes really good too. You can't <laughs> admit, you good. can't deny that sourdough was really, really tasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's natural fermentation. Yeah. There's a lot of things there too. It got the natural acids and stuff in it. So mm-hmm. it's really good for you. Now, I think another thing is people are like, if I thinking about doing sourdough um, what are the supplies they're going to need? I mean, when you started, you were super basic.
2: Oh, yeah. I really... One of the things that I love about sourdough is that I feel like you can approach it from this very um, broken down, don't need all the fussy this, that, or the other. The only equipment that I think you absolutely have to have is a kitchen scale. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as I thought weighing your ingredients was just something they did on the British baking show. Uh
0: uh
2: (laughs) It really is helpful when you're making bread. (laughs) So now I'm like, I'm not making that recipe unless it comes to me in grams. (laughs) (laughs) I've become a little bit of a scale snob, but
0: anyway. Well, I think that's interesting because a lot of times you just try a little bit of this and do a little bit of that and then that ends up with a recipe that's not repeatable it's like well it turned out really great this time or i don't know what i did and it could be a lot of the time it's probably because of that because
2: well yeah you and i could weigh four cups of flour like we could measure four cups of flour and they would weigh differently so that's why if it's asking for 500 grams you're gonna be 500 grams no matter who's doing it um and i think because sourdough can be this process that feels really vague and like you like scary like oh my gosh weighing your ingredients sets you up for better success Mm -hmm. so you know even as you're doing your trial and error you're like oh well at least i don't have to figure out the measurements like was that enough flour was that not well it was 500 grams of flour and that's what i needed you know
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um and all right so we've got the kitchen scale and that's just a gram or an ounce kitchen scale it's a little small. They're super small. Yeah, and they're like thirty bucks. 20,
1: Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Bucks.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, but obviously some nice to have things, or like.
2: Yeah, it's nice to have a Dutch oven to bake it in. Um, it's nice to have a bench scraper. It's nice to have um the bannetons or the the proofing baskets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's nice to have the beautiful little weck jars for your for your leaven, yes. you Yes. Know? But...
0: Well, and then the little slicer thing, Maggie. <laughs>
2: oh the lame yes knife fancy knife yeah
0: (laughs) all right so we got that um so yeah i mean you can you can start minimal and then you can go now and again the first loaves you made
2: bricks
0: yeah they were a bit interesting (laughs) um they smelled good i mean cooking them smelled really good
2: we were going from like no grains because we were not eating any grains at all so it was just very exciting to have a grain in the house my first starter and my first loaves were with einkorn flour because I was trying to go very easy digestion, very low gluten. And what I have learned since then is that that's like one of the hardest places to start Mm. so I didn't really set myself up for success I could go back there now knowing what I know and probably have a lot Mm -hmm. more
1: success (laughs) yeah
2: starting there I was like and it was winter which I think is a hard time because things happen so much slower with fermentation when it's cold yeah so um it was not
0: well I I think we have to realize that the yeast that's used in that is kind of like been with humanity humanity for millennia (laughs) And so it's going to like develop wet the temperatures that we're comfortable at because it was already kept with the family. Um, And so, you know, you think through time in this, that a little bit of a warmer would have probably, they always would talk about, you know, read the old things that put the sourdough bread in the warmer part of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just interesting when you think about like, kind of like that some of these, you know, these strains have been around for forever.
2: Well, yeah, I was listening to an audio book about the history of sourdough and where i mean you know the the middle east is where it was all coming from and so that was a very warm climate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i reconstructed um the ovens of like giza and was collecting yeast in this arid climate that was like, thousands of years old but yeah. anyway uh yeah i think that um it does like a little bit of a warmer climate but you can still make it in the wintertime; it just happens differently
0: correct and we actually would bring it into the office here because we had a um we had a warming, well, we're crock
2: pot was crock warming pot. The, yes. the tinctures. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. So you just put it near that and try to get it a little bit warmer. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it's 85 degrees out, I mean, it can literally explode. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, my leaven popped in two hours today because it's the hottest day of the year and my loaf will be ready for shaping before I go to bed at night. And I just made it at like four.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's super super fast. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the um you use a different starter, you use a stiff starter, mm-hmm. which there's not a lot of people out there talking about it, but
2: But there's a few. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but you prefer it drastically over everything else. Talk to a little bit us talk to us about that.
2: Yeah. Um so whenever I would dabble in okay, let me back up. The first starter I ever made was with Einkorn flour and I was following the jovial einkorn foods method, Carla, I forget her last name. She's passed away. Um, but she, that's how she kept her starter was this stiff starter. And I was like, that's genius. So that's what I started with. But then I had such bad luck Mm -hmm. with (laughs) einkorn. I kind of like moved away from it. But when I would look at making like an all purpose starter, I was so overwhelmed by the idea of just having this giant jar of starter that I kind of had to keep alive like I would just have to feed it more flour or more water and I'm you know we're busy people so feeding one more thing it's hard enough to get <laughs> you all fed, like, yeah. or myself so I was just like I'm not doing that um it overwhelmed me. And so I thought, is there a way that I can take this einkorn stiff starter and use it with my all-purpose flour? And so that's what I did. And it's instead of feeding it every day, I just feed it. I, I take some out to make a leaven or a pre-ferment, yeah. which a lot of really well-known sourdough bakers would tell you to do that even with your regular wet sweater
1: yeah Um,
2: and then I I feed it whenever I need more of it so I don't have to feed it every day I don't have to feed it every week it can sit I mean all during strawberry season it just sat in my fridge for seven weeks I didn't bake anything yeah I just didn't have time
0: yeah 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 so, all right, so you keep it, you can keep it in the fridge, which is nice.
2: Yeah, and it's a small jar.
0: Yeah, it's not a big jar.
2: Because <laughs> we got other stuff on our fridge.
0: And the other thing is you're not doing a lot of discard off of it, too. It's not like you have a tremendous amount of...
2: I don't. I don't no. have a lot of discard. I might have a cup or so. If Sometimes I want more discard because yes. I want to make pancakes or something. But yeah. Um, yeah, or I'll just collect the little bit of discard and just and use it when I have it. But yeah, it's it's been the thing that has been the most, it it works for me. I don't feel like I'm its servant or slave. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's my, my servant because I can go, all right, I'm going to be home you know, Friday and Saturday. I mean, I'm home a lot, but like I'm home all the time, but I just mean like I'm home with nothing else going on these days. So I can start my 11 the night before. I know that I'll be mixing my dough the next morning, shaping it sometime in the afternoon. And then Saturday morning I can bake my loaves or whatever. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned like the process. So explain to us a little bit more say, of that yeah. process.
2: Um, Yeah. So when you have a stiff starter, it's literally stiff. So some people will call, call it a dry starter, but That's it's sticky. It's like a play-doh consistency when you make it. and then after it ferments after it gets active, it is kind of like a sticky big bubbles um and it's it's not it's not dry. it is stiff. so it's a lot of times people are doing the ma- yeah. like mailing dry starters. That's not what it is. Um so yeah, stiff starter. So I'll take that a little bit of that. It's like thirty grams of it. Um, and then mix it with some flour and water, stir that up, and that's my leaven. Mm-hmm. Or it's levant. Okay. If you're French, as you are so cultured, you like to say. <laughs> levant. Um, but that is your preferment or your leaven, and that's your active starter. So like that's what you would recognize as a normal wet starter if that's what you are used to seeing. Um, and that's what you bake your bread with.
0: Okay, so then you make your leaven and then you make your bread? How yes. many hours later?
2: Well, it, it depends on the temperature. So a lot of times I'll make my leaven at night and then I'll it'll definitely be ready by the morning. Yep. Um, In the wintertime, that gives it a, a nice long, you know, let's say 12 hours before it's ready. In the summertime, it would be ready before that. But um, a starter is interesting because you want it to be active, but you don't want it to be... You, you want it to be eating, you want the bacteria in your starter to be eating off the, the sugars and mm-hmm. things in the flour and with the water, but you don't want it to run out of food and fall and then it's not active and then your bread's not going to be, right.
1: right. Yeah. So
2: that's the trick. And I think that's where people can often not have success because they don't have a starter that is truly active and that's the other reason I like a stiff starter is because I'm never working with a hungry lax, you know lazy starter like it is it is Mm -hmm. really kicking
0: gotcha all right so then you make your loaf how long does the loaf have to rest between making it and baking it
2: So once you mix up your flour and water and starter, I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. The very traditional way of making sourdough is you mix your flour and water first and you let a process called autolyse happen, which is where the flour gets absorbed, absorbs the water. And then you add your salt. Then you add your starter. You might add a little extra water. And I've made bread like that. The whole wheat bread I made the other day was like that. And it was delicious. But for me, and just like your average standard house, home baker, I have not noticed that that's really important. So I mix everything up together, my flour, my water, my starter, my salt, everything. And then I let it do its auto-lease. So it's an absorption process. And that Maybe you do that for half an hour, an hour, and then I start a series of stretch and folds, which really helps develop the structure of the bread, the gluten, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, You can do it three times, you can do it five times, um, and then you let it do its bulk ferment. Okay. So that, again, can take longer in the wintertime, less time in the summer.
0: Okay. And then you actually, do you preheat your Dutch oven? Yeah,
2: you do preheat the Dutch oven. I like to preheat my Dutch oven at 500 degrees and then I'll kick it down to 425 or 450 to actually bake it. But I like a hot Dutch oven, which is probably why I've burned through a couple of uh, heating elements in our oven.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have to change those. All right. So then, and then you bake your bread. How long does it bake for typically?
2: Uh, 40 minutes, 20 minutes with the lid on, maybe 15 to 20 minutes with the lid off. All
0: right. And then you have your bread. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have done like a wide range of things with it too. Like there's all the sourdough things. Um, and I think we're just, you know, there's so many things we could do too. Like we haven't like done any nut breads or like cranberry loaves or anything like that.
2: I haven't. Yeah. I haven't done. I, well, that's not true. I did do that Sunday morning loaf that has like chopped, um, apricots, Uh craisins, sunflower seeds, I've done some cinnamon swirl. You don't like raisins, so I don't do a lot of like yeah. cinnamon raisins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I haven't done a ton of flavored breads, but I have been doing some whole wheat ones and I've been grinding my own flour, like the mothers of the nineties, you know,
1: yeah. just
2: really going back.
1: <laughs>
0: well, you also did some gluten-free stuff too.
2: I did. Yeah. I successfully have made some decent gluten-free loaves. Yes. Although everyone I have given them to haven't been eating gluten for the last 30 years. So they're like, we're not really sure what it's supposed to taste like, but it's delicious. <laughs> and I'm like, it seems dense. And they're like, it's great. Yeah. So it well, is dense, but it's good.
0: Well, and I would say that, yes, that they were, because I, I tasted it, the flavor was great, mm-hmm. but they were just a little bit tighter. But the
2: last loaf that I made that I gave to my mom, because my mom's like true celiac cannot have sourdough even because that is one of the things if you are gluten you know intolerant maybe you can uh half sourdough but she was like no i can't eat that but she was like this one's great this one's me. yeah she sliced it and the crumb was a little more open and it yeah. didn't feel like i hockey puck so
0: yeah all <laughs> right so we got that but then you've also do a bunch of things with the discard which is uh you've done pancakes
2: pancakes waffles uh brownies banana bread crackers yes the crackers are really good tortillas those are really good
0: now what about the bagels bagels are regular yeah
2: the bagels use an active sourdough starter the cinnamon rolls use active sourdough starter oh that christmas star i made that's a discard recipe okay that's a discard. that
0: was really good Mm -hmm. okay so all the things there's a lot of things you can do with it you
2: can i mean if you want you can replace every baked good but you know it's one of those things like time how much time do you have? We eat the crackers so fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, good yes. Lord, I would be making crackers every other day if I was really trying to keep us in crackers. So, yes, yeah. but it's
0: a fun treat. Oh, yeah, they're delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And you
2: can put fun cheeses with them. yeah.
0: Now, of course, we commercialize this.
2: Well, this is you we're talking about.
0: <laughs> uh, I think it started with a Facebook post, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, you basically... Stalked me, took pictures of beautiful things I had made, and then you put it on Facebook, and you were like, "Hey, people I, I, of the I, internet, yes, <laughs> hey
0: people that follow our farm and love our awesome food, would you like to come learn how to make sourdough because it's delicious?"
2: Yeah, I think there was like 130 comments in yes an hour or something.
0: Yeah, it was it was nuts. It was like one of our top ever performing at uh, organic <laughs> posts, and
2: uh... I always told you I'd be your shining star. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so we decided to do some 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 classes and i don't know how many classes have we done so far
2: oh gosh i would say a dozen maybe yeah. well because i've done classes here in the house and then i've done classes at other people's houses
0: yes so, so those are very different types of classes They too. Are, yeah
2: but they're fun they're just different
0: yeah because they control the space so um yeah, I mean, it's and again, we it's not a super cheap class to go to, but um,
2: but it's also a lot of work on my end, yes, so I'm yeah. That so, yeah,
0: you are like, if you do want to run the classes, there's a specific like you have basically a schedule that you have to follow the two days advance to make sure that you have everything at the right stage so that when you show right. up, that you show up for the class, that you know, you can bake the loaves and show the loaf coming out of the, out of the oven right
2: because i want you to see the process and i want you to see what's happened. like what i what you're what we're gonna mm-hmm. do i walk you through every single step of the process in two hours and then while you're eating the loaf that i have prepared for you ahead of time i pull a loaf out of the oven and i'm like look Mm-hmm. This is what you can make if you follow these steps.
0: Yes. So, so. you show the proof in the pudding right there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's important because yeah. it's not like hypothetical. It's like, literally, this is what we do.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think that's important for people. Cause again, it's really interesting to get people's feedback. Well, get interesting to hear people talk about sourdough because someone says, oh, is that like friendship bread?
2: The Amish friendship bread. Yes. Yeah. Which
0: is a yeast bread, obviously.
2: Well, it's not exactly. I th- it's i don't know that actually i can't remember if there's yeast in it maybe okay. there is i'll have to google that actually. That's it actually it's not it true is. sourdough no no and there's so much sugar in it and you end up with like six starters by the time you're done you know and so that's the point you're supposed to give it away but
0: gotcha you. Oh, you know okay, everybody's yeah. had
2: so much so much friendship yeah. for
0: there's only so. nobody s-
2: wants it anymore yeah <laughs> it's like that leave a zucchini on your neighbor's porch day it's yes
0: like, Yes, We're everyone's got a, dirt you dirt get a sourdough starter yeah. and you get a
2: sourdough starter. bread <laughs> starter. Yeah,
0: I'm talking to Susan from the Northwest Arkansas Land Trust. And we are talking today about tips for working with the land trust and why you might want to preserve your land. Susan, talk to us about why this is important with farmers.
1: Well, gosh, you know, we are seeing so much of the available farmland across the country, you know, being used for development purpose, as economies are growing, it's a you know natural for developers to want to tap into that, but we just want to um, help you know farmers in our community and across the United States. There's a lot of resources for farm families to consider what um, conservation could look like and permanent protection of that farmland. So one of the th- first things I would suggest is to look, you know, locally, there likely are land trusts in your community that would know about the specific geographies and the conservation values and, and just be really great community partners. If there's not an organization locally, then I would turn to the American Farmland Trust, which purposely is there at a national level to try to help fill the gap where a local land trust may not be able to help a farm family. The other thing I would suggest is it's really never too soon to start planning for conservation or for, you know, the legacy that you're building with a farmland property. So, you know, having those conversations with family or business partners and really developing um, a succession plan or the retirement plan, oftentimes Farm Bureau or your local extension offices will have great content and experts on these types of subjects and can help farmers navigate. The third piece of advice is when you do start to work with that land trust, I would really encourage you to spend time with the conservation easement. They are highly customizable documents, even though they are lengthy, and they are built for you to really think about the attributes of your farm and what you want to preserve and you know, what will remain in commercial production, et cetera. And just you know be thinking about down the road, What would it look like if, you know, family members may build a home on a portion of it, or, um, you know, perhaps you're leasing some land to another farmer. All of those things are options. And just to go into it open-minded, but give yourself some time.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Susan. And if you are interested in finding more about the Northwest Arkansas Land Trust and the affordable, stable leases that they are offering, you can go to www.nwafarmlink.org or contact 479-966-4666. But should we run the classes and then we decided, why did we decide to do in people's house? Did they ask for it? Or did we just not wanna be in our kitchen as much?
2: you thought it would be a good idea just to offer it as another option for people because it does disrupt our home a bit yeah you know like i can leave you home with, with the kids or yeah you know yeah. whatever but you've when done
0: some in the evening so i put the kids to bed
2: yeah you yeah. you run
0: to do your class
2: right yeah. um whereas when it's here i'm kind of like not that my mom cares at all she's great about watching the kids, but it's well, just Melinda. Like, and so it's just like, hey, I mom, I need you. And I have to my kitchen's not huge. You know what I mean? Yes. So that was another thing I could fit like I can fit 10 people in it, but it's crowded. Um and so
0: Yeah, there's definitely space considerations with that you know, mm-hmm. think through. Yeah. Um so we've done the in person classes and we've done the uh at people's house. And we charge about the same, although I think for the travel, we should probably up the charge because it is, I'd say a little bit more, I don't know.
2: It's a different kind of work when yeah. I go. When
0: yeah. you walk out, yeah, you know, there's no really cleanup at our house to do, but there's a lot more you have to carry, oh, left all that stuff out there.
2: <laughs> well, because I take everything because I, I want people to see, again, I want people to see all the tools you could get because I get how some people are like, I need the things to make me feel like I can do the thing. But then there's some people, that are like, oh, I, you mean I could do it with a fork and a bowl? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. You totally can. Yes. So I just like to show it both ways. Yeah. Maximalists yeah. and, you know, minimalists. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and I think too, we are now selling sourdough bread in the store mm-hmm. too. So that's another sourdough thing. Now you're not making that because you obviously don't have the time. Um, but we could, so we're bringing in it from a local baker, but we do know the margins on it mm-hmm. and the margins are tremendous. And so we are, said so like, you know, that would be nice if we could bring that back in house once sure. we have the proper way to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but well,
2: and I think that's possible at some point. It's just.
0: It's not going to happen anytime soon. Not
2: right now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. What's our sourdough lady's name, Kathleen? Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, you're safe for now. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: She does a great job. Yeah, loaf, no, it's good.
0: So um, yeah. She does a regular and she also does a chocolate loaf, mm-hmm. chocolate cherry or just straight chocolate. It's
2: just, well, it's got chocolate chips in it. Oh, okay, so
0: yeah. A chocolate okay. cherry would be good. So we've got that, but that, I mean, like I just ran the numbers today because our the team, we had a little bit of a, a meeting about some store things, and we did I think in July fifteen hundred dollars in sourdough through the store. Oh my gosh! So you know that's that's a fair amount of. She
2: brings three dozen a week. She brings least. a dozen on Thursday, a dozen yeah. on Friday, and a dozen on Saturday. And
0: we sell it for is it a pound and a half loaf for pound and a quarter?
2: Um, it's like a six hundred gram loaf, so I don't really know. Okay. Or maybe it was an 800 gram loaf.
0: Anyway, they're not big. I mean, maybe they're no, like they're, seven, eight inches across. Yeah, they're
2: not huge. They're not as big as the loaves that I make, um, which is fine. Yeah. They're a perfectly good size. Yeah. But they are a little small. But
0: I have heard that people do finish them in one sitting. <laughs> um, I mean,
2: we have done that. Yes. So that there are five of us eating. Yes. Makes me feel a little better.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, so that has definitely worked out, I think that's a great, you know, it's a great side thing. because you know again with the process yes it is a two-day process but it's not like a long it's a little bit here and a little bit there
2: yeah and you know i mean i've said i've said this in various contexts but i really think that making sourdough is such an easy way to like And it's not that everyone has to be investing in their home in the kitchen, but I think when you have a family or when you're wanting to like give something of meaning to someone, like making something real with your hands, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's such a gift. And, uh, it is, it's something that's really been a really fun thing to okay. also give away to people. Um,
0: yes, it, there is, uh, yeah, specific people in the community have been recipients of uh, sourdough loaves. Yes,
2: the crew comes in on a day they're not scheduled because we're in a pickle. Like, yeah. it's really fun to be able to be like, here's some jam, here's a fresh loaf of sourdough. Yeah,
0: you or know? it's a tough day out there. Yeah. Or it's too hot or something. Right, and yeah. I'll just
2: take some loaves out there with, yeah. you know, butter and it just... I don't yeah. know. Bread is a morale booster. You know? <laughs> it
0: totally is. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's kind of summarize this. Um, is good for you.
2: <laughs> I mean, anything that you make in your kitchen is going to be better for you than something you can buy in the store. Yes. And that is something that's worth mentioning there are no real guidelines around sourdough. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you go to the store and you pick up a loaf of sourdough, I highly encourage you to read the actual ingredients because unless it says like culture or sourdough, mm-hmm. you know, something, it most likely has yeast in it. And it's added. Some other things have been added to make it taste sour. It's not actually
0: correct sourdough like the sourdough pretzels you told us are not sourdough pretzels
2: right they were not sourdough pretzels so yeah,
0: yeah 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 so make sure you are doing real sourdough uh make sure you're looking at that because you're right there's a lot of people that say sourdough and it's not mm-hmm. um i mean i think yeah it's, it's a great home thing i think grounding i think you kind of said it's you know in the kitchen but i think it's grounding. Yeah,
2: there's so many virtual things and i think that's another reason the classes have been so popular that we're yeah. tired of getting online and watching everything you know so doing something in l- real life with mm-hmm. real people getting your hands actually dirty yeah <laughs> like doing something physical and real that's not just hypothetical and something i watch on the internet i mean i'm guilty of that too i like to watch a video of someone else cooking yeah but i don't know it's just really empowering yeah. and yeah
0: and we've had all sorts of people come we've had men women um kids mm-hmm. um you've done it for birthdays right that one class you did for a birthday it was like- well
2: yeah it was a, it was that was really fun it was a bunch of women who've been friends for like 25 years and right. it was they all had summer birthdays so they all got together and they would do something together every summer and this year it was a sourdough class to me and I felt so honored.
0: Yes. They were super nice. <laughs> they too. were really sweet. Yeah. Sure, um, came with me yeah that one. But um, but yeah, that's a it's all sorts of people that we've had come through that.
2: And all different levels of mm-hmm. uh, baking experience, which is something I always like to ask. Like I've had expert bakers who have who own proofers, and I've had, you know, people who
1: know literally
2: have no idea. And then <clears throat> that one lady, forget her name. She came to the farm, like, I don't know, several months after the class she attended with her starter in her hand. And she goes, well, what do I do with it now? (laughs) And I was like, do you still have the instructions I sent home with you? (laughs) Yes. Like, well, I would follow those. Like, like, I'm not going to teach you a second
0: class right 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 here While we're standing here in the kitchen. Yes. It was just so
2: funny.
0: (laughs) All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, sourdough has been... Profitable for us. Obviously, we eat a lot of it now. Um Probably and too much of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, we're actually now sourcing local wheat. We're working on that. Mm-hmm. That's actually something we're super excited that's very about. Exciting. Yeah. Um, that we're actually working on, you know, sourcing local wheat, grinding it ourselves, and mm-hmm. then being able to make sourdough with it. So mm-hmm. that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's been a, you know, great little journey, I think for us. And again, you know, as we're trying to figure out how other ways to involve our community and get them to learn about healthy food, mm-hmm. it's been a great way to a, be able to make money with classes and, um, also be able to help them make their food choices for their families. For sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Anything else you'd like to say before we go? I don't
2: think so. I think that covers a lot of the the highlights.
0: All right, folks. Well, there you go. That is another kind of uh, episode of the saga of the farm on Central. Next one will, I don't know, it's not going to be on Raising Fish. Um, But uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine who was actually doing trout. Oh, and uh, an aquaponic system, but that's probably, maybe, but probably not.
2: my goodness.
0: (laughs) We will be back next week, folks, with probably a more regular episode, (laughs) but we appreciate you hanging out with us and talking sourdough. And again, as always, if you are interested in more, make sure you are on our email list. That's where all our updates come out. And you can find that by going to www.growingfarmers.com and just uh, inputting your email there. and you'll be getting the awesome updates of all the different things that we got going on and uh, new classes, offerings, and uh, things that we think you might be interested as a farmer, homesteader, or educator. All right, folks, that's all for this week. Hey there, interested in learning more about how to make sourdough for yourself and your family? Go ahead to sourdoughstartup.com and sign up for our free three-day workshop. We'll learn all about the history of sourdough, the health benefits, all about how to make a stiff starter and what it takes to keep one going as well as learn about all the different things you can make with sourdough and what that looks like. So head over to sourdoughstartup.com to learn more